Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell in unity. Oh, how we need unity. Oh, how we need to be unified. You remember the old saying, pretty is as pretty does. Well, that can apply to a body of people as well as to individuals. Pretty is as, as pretty does. Fattenhead, you'll, you'll be pretty if you do pretty. I want to show you using Psalm 133 this morning how attractive unity is. I want to show you how pleasant and beautiful and, and valuable unity is and how we can attain unity here at, here at Fountainhead. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Division is so ugly. Division is so ugly. Division is so evil. Jesus said a, a kingdom divided against itself, it, it cannot stand. Mark chapter 3, verses 24 through 25, that Jesus prayed for unity. In John chapter 17, Jesus prayed for His disciples. And then he prayed for, for all believers, verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Many here have done just that. We have heard the words of the apostles found in the New Testament, haven't we? We've heard those words and we believe Jesus. We, we obeyed the commands found in the Bible to repent and be baptized, as it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, as the apostle said. We've done that. God then added to those that should be saved to the church. Acts chapter 2 verse 47. Jesus prayed, verse 21, that they all may be one in you, Father. As you, Father, in me and I in you, that also they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 22, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one, just as, just as we are one. Verse 23, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them just as you have loved me. What is one way we can be sure of God's love? One way that we can be sure of God's love? Well, that's unity. Unity. We've got to be unified. Disunity is a sign of carnality. Carnality is a, is a sinful mind. And, and disunity is a sign of that. It's full of envy and strife and division. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 3. But Paul in his Corinthian letter, the same Corinthian letter, he pled for unity. 1 Corinthians 1.13 That we be perfectly joined together in the same mind. Now, how do we do this? How, do we, how are we perfectly joined together in the same mind? Well, we don't remain broken. That's one way. Factions do not serve God. Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. But how, how pleasant is unity? How beautiful is unity? It's beautiful. It, it's pure. Psalm 133, verse 2 it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. I've got a beard and you know, I, can't, I can't imagine what that would be like for somebody to pour 
oil on my head and for, for to run down in, into my beard and, and down onto my clothes and off the, off the edges of my coat. You know, the only analogy that I can think of in our society, because we usually don't pour things on people's heads and, and anoint them today, you know, the only thing I can think of is, you know, when that coach wins that football game, you know, that football game or that basketball game or that, or that baseball game that they've been wanting to win, they, they've played their rival and they, they finally beat them. And what, what do they do? They take that big jug of Gatorade and they pour it over the top of their head. Why? Because they're, they're so happy. They're so it's so wonderful to, to, to win. It's so wonderful to be victorious. And if you can imagine those Israelites at that time, if you can imagine them, they have come through the desert. They have come through Egypt and the slavery. They have come through so much. And here it is. They've, they, they, they've they finally attained freedom. And they've finally been given Something to unify, something to rally around. And, and, and Aaron, he, he, he was the high priest. He, he was a symbol of the unity for the children of Israel. Victory was theirs. When you read Leviticus chapter 8 where Aaron is consecrated as the, as the high priest and his, his sons as priests, you begin to understand how in the old law the high priest was a symbol of unity. For the children of Israel, he wore the breastplate that symbolized the 12 tribes. And that, that oil would have run down on, on those 12 tribes. The anointing oil ran down his head and into his beard and upon his garments. It symbolized the, the glory of God, the unity among the people, all of his people. We like the psalmist. We need to see the beauty of unity and seek it for the church. Seek it for, seek out for it for us here at Fountainhead. We need that here. Like the oil dripping from Aaron's beard, it solidified the, the unity of Israel. It was beautiful. It, it was attractive. It was, a, it was a symbol to the psalmist. It needs to be a symbol to us as well. No one wants discord. No one wants discord. It's not attractive. But many, outside these walls, many will be attracted by unity. By our unity. By our unifying with, with one another. Cliques and divisions, they're a cause of unbelief. Because Jesus prayed for us to be one. As we read in John chapter 17 verse 21. And we're to have unity and we should strive for unity. So, so the world can believe. The world has a hard time believing when they look from the outside in at us and we're in disarray. We've got to be unified. Have you ever thought that the reason the church does not grow, that it's not because of the preacher, and it's not because of the elders, and it's not because of the building, maybe it's because of the members. Maybe it's because of the members and the members aren't unified. Maybe that's the reason the church isn't growing. Division follows strife. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. James chapter 3 verse 16. But we long for the beautiful peace of unity. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. Without which no one will see God. No one will see the Lord. 
Because God is very specific. He's very in tune and specific about the things that he hates. Proverbs chapter 6 verses 16 through 19 tell seven things that God hates. And one of those is those that bring discord. Discord among the brethren. He hates it. But Jesus said the peacemaker is blessed. Matthew chapter 5 verse 9. It's the peacemaker who's blessed. They're called the sons of God. Matthew chapter 5 verse 9. How? How do, we, how do we unify and remain united? How do we do that? Well, the basis for unity is not the theories and ideas and doctrines of men. Matthew chapter 15 verses 8 through 9. These people draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Following doctrines of men is vain worship. The basis for unity is a love for God. 1 John Chapter 5, verse 3. By, keep his, by keeping His commandments. To love God and Jesus by, by doing what they say. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. That's the basis for unity. Not philosophy and, and empty deceit. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Not lying wonders and unrighteous deception. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 10. But a love of the truth. But a love of the truth, verse 11, that one might be saved. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. And a love for one another. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 says that we must love one another. A love taught to us by God, none other than God Almighty. If we don't have that love fountainhead, we will never be unified. That's the basis for it. We must walk by the, by the same rule. Philippians chapter 3 verse 16. Using the oracles of God. The oracles of God are the, are the great unifier. You know, I was, I was telling the, the, the class this morning about, we were talking about love. And, and, and uh, some of you, uh, you, you, you hadn't heard this, a lot of you college guys hadn't learned this. I was jogging down 109 and a, and a pit bull came out and was going to attack me, going to bite me. And the only thing I could do was run out into traffic. And I was running backwards down 109 with my hands out in front of me. And this guy, he was about to pull out his great equalizer. Y'all know what that is, don't you? A great equalizer is his pistol he was about to pull out. Pull out with a great unifier for the people of God. It's God's Word. That's the great unifier. And we must use the great unifier to unify us. The oracles of God. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11 is the great unifier, the Word of God. The Word of God can teach us, instruct us, and unify us because God's Word tells us of His love for us and how we can live in His love and abide in His love and abide in His Son, Jesus Christ. Second John verse 9, He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. This kind of unity is refreshing. Oh, how we need to be refreshed, Fountainhead. We need the refreshing dew of unity. 
In finding God, we find each other. It's a common bond. As we sang earlier this morning before class. In Psalm 133, where the oil was the experience of unity, the dew is the refreshment of unity. And these are found when we seek God. When we seek God and we put Him first, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. In Psalm 133, Mount Hermon is to the land of Canaan what Aaron was to the people. The clouds that always hung over this mountain, surrounded this mountain, they brought lots of moisture to the surrounding uh, countryside. And it kept the countryside fertile. It was, it was the main, this dew was the main source of water to that region. And the psalmist saw that this dew was, was very valuable. And unity is like that. Unity is, is so valuable to the psalmist. And to, I hope you understand as well, unity is just as valuable as water is to life. It's just as available. It's not a fantasy. It's real. We can really have this unity. It's the lifeblood here. Fountainhead, it is the lifeblood to our congregation. And without the unity, we will slowly die. So, we must drink deeply of unity and remember just as each of us has only one earthly life to live, there is just one body of Christ on this earth. There's only one body of Christ on this earth, one church, Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, Browns or Parkers, Raglins or Pools or Purdue's or Lovelaces or Millers. We're all one. In Christ Jesus. And we've all been made to drink into one spirit. How good and pleasant is that unity? How attractive is that kind of unity? How valuable is that kind of unity? That's what we need, Fountainhead. That's the kind of unity we need. Attractive. Good. Beautiful valuable pretty is as pretty does pretty is as pretty does if you do pretty you will be pretty don't you want this don't you want to be unified with Christ if you need to come and be baptized into him obtain or or maintain that unity with Christ that unity with God that that unity with all of us who are believers and obtain life. As the psalmist says, we, with this unity we obtain life evermore. If you want this for yourself, if you want to rededicate your life to unity, the unity of the brotherhood, come right now as together we stand.